Coming to you pre-recorded in multiple locations. If you're having a Mac attack and you head to McDonald's, they're gonna charge you a McAfee. And that's hella rad. We're your hosts, Andrew and Nathan. Nathan, how are you doing tonight? What are you drinking? Doing good. I've been thinking about poop diamonds a lot. Uh, it's just running around <laughs> my head uh, ever since we did the last episode. Yeah. Um, I'm drinking. You reach out to the Kardashians? The what? Did you reach out to the Kardashians yet? Oh, no. Uh, working on that. Um, I, not not in terms of the poop diamond, though. It has nothing to do with that, why I'm trying to reach them. But in either case, uh, I'm drinking a Sierra Nevada pale ale. Nothing fancy, but it's uh, it's good. It's classic. What a coincidence. I am also drinking Sierra Nevada pale ale. All right. Nothing more to say on that. Um, you want to uh, tell us about our non-sponsors for today? Yeah, I, uh, of course, Gatorade. Um, just always, you know, fuck Gatorade. Uh, never but, forget. <laughs> yeah, never forget that Gatorade is, you know, well, fuck them. That's all I got to say. Uh, and then, but in terms of a, another one is uh, Adidas. You know what? Fuck you guys for not taking a stance on anything. You know, f- fuck them. They can't be uh, relevant, you know? If you're not stirring up any controversy, no one's talking about you, so yeah, what the fuck's the point? Uh, my non-sponsor for today is any makers of treadmills. Um, it's a waste of your time and money. You can run for free. You could just walk around your living room. You don't need to spend $400 on a uh, stationary walking machine. Or, you know, stationary bikes for that matter, too. You can just get a uh, little prop that you put your back wheel on, and that's like $50. And you probably already have a bike. So, you know. Well, it'd be better to have the utility of a real bike and then just prop it up when you want to do your exercise, right? Exactly, and that you could get that whole setup for cheaper than what a stationary bike would cost. So, how are you going to simulate that intense mountain climb? <laughs> <laughs> Just put some, uh, like, re- jam some objects in front of the tire to give you some uh, resistance. There you go. Put it, put it in front of a wall. There you go. You put your you put your bike on your treadmill, uh, th- and then you can uh, do it that way. I guess really the sensible thing, you just put those ankle weights on. Fuck, there you go. <laughs> so uh, today's show, we're going to discuss the In-N-Out Burger boycott. Uh, we're also going to get into another edition of Four Wheel Frustrations and even more Hella Fancy. Uh, and as always, we're going to give you that Fabergé, update, Fabergé egg update that everybody... Uh, desperately waits for but before we do that i think you had a you had an update you wanted yeah, to give an us, update correct? of a different nature um a couple things about our friend as referenced in the intro uh mcafee um well if you haven't heard he's running for president uh so that's exciting uh clearly uh he's got a good chance you know the doors are open now with uh, trump but uh thing i really wanted to talk about yeah i wanted to just mention that because it's kind of interesting but the most interesting thing i think is uh yeah so he made this cryptocurrency wallet and um 
it's called Bitfi or Bitfi. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't really matter how you pronounce it. But uh, the claim on this thing was that it's unhackable. And uh, of course, you put that kind of claim out there, people are going to challenge it. And uh, yeah, people hacked it pretty quickly. Um, the first ha time he got hacked, he, he was just saying shit like, uh, well, you know, they didn't technically hack it the way we, uh, we, to back up a little bit, they put a bounty out and said, we'll pay you $250,000 if you actually hack this wallet. So people hacked it, uh, and they're like, oh, that doesn't count because you didn't get access to the private keys for the cryptocurrency. And, uh, so then just recently, um, I'd say about a, within the past week, the end of August, it got hacked again. And this time they were able to extract the private keys for the cryptocurrency. So the bug bounty was removed. They didn't really make an official statement about paying it out. It, it, nobody knows it's actually going to pay it, but it, it's just, it, McAfee's just crazy. I, the fact that he made a cryptocurrency wallet to begin with, claimed as unhackable, put up a bounty, just... This whole and then like refutes the the hack claims. He's like, well, anybody could hack anything, but they didn't hack it, you know, the way I said it should be hacked for the bounty. And uh, there's a they had the 15 year old kid playing Doom on it and everything, and uh, it was it was pretty funny. It, it, they got a they won a pony award. I never heard of it, but in the article I was reading, it they won a pony award for lamest vendor response in uh, response to this. Uh, this hack, uh, unhackable claim and, and how he handled the whole situation. Eh, just a fun little update. I liked it that he didn't deny that they were able to hack it. He's like, no, you just, you didn't hack according to the rules. Like you, you hacked it, but, uh, yeah, just not how we told you to hack it. It's like such bullshit. So, so what if you can play doom on it? That's not a, a real hack. You're like, ah, you got root access to your device. It's, it's been hacked. Yeah. I feel like that's what uh, most hackers. That's the first thing most hackers do is like we got if we we got to see if we can play Doom on it. Like that was the big benchmark for those like little Raspberry Pi computer circuit boards. It's like okay, you can play Doom on it. All right, they're effective. We could start using these in the in everyday life now. They're powerful enough. Yeah, I like how that's the barometer for like hackers or people dealing with the. Uh hardware and, and making it work with the software is if you can get it to play doom then uh you're on the right track uh speaking of doom there was recently um for doom 2 i'm pretty sure it was doom 2 somebody recently found uh a secret in the game that had never been discovered before um or it had never been activated i think they knew about it in the coding of the game but they couldn't figure out how to get it to uh, unlock like this secret area, and the I watched like a video on it. It was pretty absurd. Like there was a little pedestal that you had to stand on. It would like open a teleporter, but you couldn't stand on the uh, teleporter. You had to get knocked on it by a monster. But there was like only certain monsters that had the ability to like hit you and move you, and the one that could do it, you had to like coax across like half the half the level to get him uh where he needed to go to actually like hit you i was like that's so fucking absurd well i'm glad glad that's out there finally now i can sleep yeah speaking of absurd though this fucking in and out burger boycott is the dumbest shit 
I have ever seen. I, I'm in bed one or no, I was waking up one morning and I see uh, the article for it and I'm just like, no, I'm not. I'm just not even going to read this. I'm going to let it pass by. Hopefully nobody else pays attention. Whatever the reason, it's got to be stupid. Like why people would boycott this. And then sure enough, though, this shit makes its rounds on the uh, all the news. Hence the reason we're bringing it up now. It's like fucking boycotting in and out burger for... It's like not even a controversial cause. It's just contributing to republicans and then to make it even better they've also donated to democrats so it's like it just i'm like why why do people waste their time with such stupid shit like i don't care what in and out burger does politically i'm still gonna eat there and it's also i wonder how many people are like don't even live on the west coast and they're like yeah the next time i'm over there for vacation uh, six months to a year from now, I'm not gonna fucking eat, uh, in and out burger. I'm gonna go somewhere else. It's like, motherfucker, you're gonna, you're gonna forget about this shit in a week. Like, and that's, like, how effective was it anyways? Like, if people don't eat fucking in and out burger every day, unless you're, like, uh, an addict, um, so, you say you're gonna boycott it, and then the fad passes before you ever would have went there, right? So it wouldn't have fucking mattered. Yeah, I, I boycotted it um, the other day. I, I by and I saw the line was insanely long. I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm boycotting long lines. Uh, but it was a different reason, granted. I, the thing that I drives me nuts about it, too, it's like, oh, you guys didn't see this coming with the Bible verses on the fucking food? Like, are you kidding me? Like, do you... Uh, if oh, you weren't yeah. upset about that and you're still eating there, you're now you're upset that they just donated to, like you said, regardless of donating the Republican, they're probably donating to, you know, random politicians. Well, I shouldn't say random, but, you know, just just getting money out there. Whatever. It's a business. They can do whatever they want with it. They treat people right, make good food. Who gives a fuck, you know? You're going to boycott In-N-Out Burger for donating to the Republican Party. But hey, uh, Catholic Church is still um, molesting a bunch of kids, but it's still going to be a part of that. Well, yeah, you know? I mean, if if In-N-Out actively donated to like uh, a can or a, um, a legal fund to protect child molesters, then I, I would probably, you know, maybe at that point. Take <laughs> yeah. a stand. Or, or if uh, they also donated to the national socialist uh, party they were giving neo-nazis some money yeah maybe then you know but uh so yeah i mean until they get to that point which undoubtedly they will soon enough uh right you know in and out burger comes out as being pro nambla and for those who don't know what nambla is it's the national association of man boy love marlon brando lovers yeah something along yeah, yeah, Marlon Brando lovers. I always thought it was a joke, and I saw some like documentary they were talking about, like on Opie and Anthony back in the day. And apparently, like it's a real thing. And there's these extremely creepy old men that like are just delusional. It's so gross. Well, you know, at least they're you know getting out there and making a community effort of it. You know, it's got. <laughs> So hopefully they'll in and out start donating to them or or Nazis or 
yeah, you know, and then that way I can, you know, actually make a stand on it. But that's just people. People just want to post something on on Facebook or Twitter, right? It's just, oh, hey, look at me. I, I'm part of this too, right, guys? Even even if they did that stuff, I would still eat there. I mean, uh, when when Chipotle had the giant like E. coli scare, I still ate there like once a week. It did not phase me at all. I'd say that's a little different from a company actively endorsing child molestation, uh, but okay. I had my own crazy uh, conspiracy theory about the Chipotle E. coli outbreak. I thought that, uh, you know who Monsanto is? Oh, of course. They're trying to kill us all. (laughs) Yeah, so Chipotle got into a lawsuit with Monsanto about some of their some of their evil shit. So my thought was there was Monsanto people just uh, tainting re- uh, in Chipotle restaurants with the coli in an attempt to get them to just go bankrupt and have people stop eating there so they couldn't fight them in the in the lawsuit any longer. I you know um on that point in terms of like huge corporations and and fucking with people and whatnot I I, I had a thought when I was driving home today like. You know, there, there's that like conspiracy theory that like that powers that be are planning and, and they'll uh, get rid of us all, you know, all those poor people at some point. And I thought, you know, if they're not planning that, I'd be kind of disappointed. Like what kind of fucking high level evil shit is this? They're not even planning for our destruction. Like I, I would be kind of sad to find out that they were literally just like living in the moment and had no like grand plan. Be like, are, are you fucking kidding me? Come on, I could do a lot better with that kind of power. Let's let's plan some some Watchmen shit or uh, or uh, Thanos or whatever it is. I would like to be in that uh, meeting of all the rich people like plotting this out. I'm like, so uh, who's who's the least rich person of all of you guys? And the guy raises his hand. You're like, you know, when you kill all the poor people, you're the poor person uh, at that point, right? Because it's all relative. Hey, you need someone to hold the line. You got to have a point of reference. He's like, I'm the refle- reference point guy. Remember, everybody? We agreed on this. You can't kill me. I'm the. Come on, everybody. Let's. Uh, we talked about this. Um, before we get too off topic, uh, did, did you have anything else you wanted to say about the in and out thing? Or No. I have said my piece on fucking boycotts. Okay. I, I, but you mentioned the fast food. I did. Uh, I just have a, a quick little thing on. Fast food before we uh, end the discussion is um, just just ordering fat, fast food. I, I find it super annoying in this day and age. I don't know if it's a, a product of just the society at large, but uh, I can't fucking finish talking before I get interrupted with them asking me a question about what I'm literally going to tell them that I would have told them if they didn't fucking stop me from talking. I'm like, all right, so I want a number one by, and they're like, oh, what do you want that small medium? I'm like, hey, 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 shut up. I was about to fucking tell you. I want it. I just want the small size with the, with the, oh, what kind of drink do you want with that? You f- shut the fuck up. I, I was about to just tell you. So yeah, I was small with the Dr. Pepper and on the, oh, is that complete? Your, no, no. I'm about to tell you some more about my, I don't know. It just, it bugs me, right? Like, I don't, do you get that sense? I, I feel like every fucking time I go, I can't get a full sentence out before they immediately stop me. And I'm like, it'll be so much more efficient and easier for you if you just let me finish talking. 
Yeah, it just kind of shows the level of incompetence. Like, if you know the order in which they ask you things and you tell it out of that order, then they'll just repeat it because it's like they're not even there paying attention. They're just in, like, robot mode. Yeah, I guess I'm expecting... uh... I'm expecting a little much to just like give them all of the information and they're not going through their specific checklist. I guess I, I hate to, yeah. I'm not trying to disparage. I, I know they, I think probably the result of, of this is people that are actually idiots ordering and they, they have to literally go through this checklist with like almost everybody else. Otherwise they'll never get the order right. So uh, maybe I'm being unfair, but it's still annoying. They should incorporate that, like, you know, like the glass viewing area like you have for Subway and Chipotle and like Quiznos and stuff. They need to incorporate that into the drive throughs because that holds them to a different standard. There's no like fucking around like you're being watched from start to finish during the process of ordering and making your food. I like I, li- I got to tell you, I like that idea because uh I'm always trying to be nice, although I sound like a total asshole, and I am for the most part. But generally, I'm I'm cordial in public. Uh, but I always in the back of my head, I'm like, what the, what are they really doing with my food back there? You know, I know that I know the type of people generally are certain people that are unsavory, and you always hear those fucking somebody posts on Reddit who's like, I used to work at Jack in the Box and we put burgers in our assholes and then gave it to people. And you're like, oh, great. I'm glad I heard that. Yeah, we used to take the frozen burgers, shove them down our pants and shit on them and then wipe it off and give it to the customers. I want to uh, totally say, I just want to go off on a tangent again with South Park and Cartman making ass burgers uh, by fucking farting. You remember that? He farted on the uh, sandwiches. And they're like, he was farting on the food and then selling it. And they're like, this food has all the combinations of KFC, Taco Bell, and like two other fast food restaurants. And it was all the fast food he was eating before farting on the burgers. See, that's the stuff we got to prevent happening with your brilliant clear window drive through idea. Like the whole side of mm-hmm. the building on the drive through side. See, I like that a lot. I think we need to facilitate it won't change my frustration with ordering the fucking food though i'll still have to be sitting there like stuttering like a fucking idiot oh yeah no yeah oh, yeah but i was gonna t- okay yeah well uh thank you for interrupting me and fucking my head up you know what we should also mention and when we bring up this all this fucking boycott shit is uh the people burning all the fucking nike gear oh my god oh right yeah more recently it's What's what I sorry, what I found especially funny is that we talked about people burning shit in the last episode and how stupid it was, and then they just do it again. It's like nobody ever learns. It's gotten to the point, and again, with relating it back to the in and out thing, it's really just the other side doing the same thing. And it's like that Spider Man meme where he it's him pointing at himself, and it's like, ah. Gotcha. Like, yeah, well, it's it's so stupid. And again, it, it all goes back like people are taking it to the NFL protest and like how much credit are you giving to the NFL for like the politics? And you're giving you're the ones giving the NFL the power like you're the ones giving the players the power with all like your reaction. So if you truly don't like appreciate it, stop talking about it and just don't watch it silently. Uh, it, it just 
constantly posting about it and saying that you're boycotting the NFL just fucking makes people think about it all the time. Uh, I love it and I'll watch it because I'm not boycotting it and I don't see how you can be like so adamantly against the NFL just because of one player doing his thing and you know other players did it but they're you know obviously the focal point is Colin Kaepernick but uh yeah not anyways it's it it, it frustrates me because the NFL is just supposed to be lighthearted it's supposed to be, it's a fucking game it's just I just want to watch a fucking game and uh yeah you're supposed to be entertained it reminds actually well the kind of take down a lighter note uh with the football season starting soon. We've just been angry this entire time just <laughs> bitching about things. We gotta I know. We gotta have some more positive stories in here. Well, here, let me let me give us a spin. Um talking about football with the the season coming up. Um should be started by the time this episode comes out. But uh my favorite NFL story. It's it's in itself a controversy, but within the context of the game, as uh there's this old game uh, the snowplow game as it's referred to. And it's like way before I was born. I, I can't even remember how I originally heard about this, but it's, it's, uh, it's one of my favorite things ever. So basically it was back in 1982, like the end of the, the football season, like at the end of the year um, in winter, uh, I think it was December and it was okay. the dolphins at Patriots. So they're in Foxborough. Uh, it's fucking cold. Just, you know, snow. It's just how it is. Um, so, so this is the snowplow game, and why it's even uh, notable is the end of the game. Um, the uh, the Patriots, their like uh, maintenance guy, uh, came out before this guy kicked the field goal to win the game. He came out and he fucking <laughs> took the snowplow and cleared a spot where he was gonna kick the football. Like he came out with the fucking snowplow in between the plays, cleared the spot. And then the guy hits the game-winning field goal. It's a 3-0 game. So it, that was the only point that scored. And it was basically all in part, or not basically, it was because of the guy like clearing the spot in the middle of the field. Like It couldn't be more corrupt or like, more of a way to cheat. It was such bullshit. And it just kind of like went through history and... uh they the the other the dolphins uh coach was so fucking pissed he like went to the league and he was like demanding that they like overturn the game and uh they fucking invalidate it or whatever and uh the commissioner i mean he's like yeah you know they shouldn't have done that but there's no way in hell i'm ever going to overturn a game so you just got to fucking deal with it and uh thus thus the snowplow game um so the patriots have been cheating forever then Right, yeah, yeah. Even way before Belichick and Brady, to to the credit of the team, I don't know if they necessarily told this guy to go do it, but I'd have it hard, I find it hard to believe that he would have just did it on his own volition to just go out there and plow a little space for the field goal kicker to kick the game-winning field goal. The Patriots' slogan should just be "By any means necessary." Yeah, <laughs> that and you know what that's. It's probably probably been up on a banner in their locker room. That kind of like fucking rhetoric is is all over the NFL. I wish the story went the other way where the Patriots uh, maintenance guy cleared the area for the Dolphins kicker just because it would be (laughs) like the dumbest. (laughs) 
like he did it on accident like he uh forgot yeah. which team he's like oh fuck yeah. that was the other guy <laughs> fuck oh, shit yeah uh, I, I i thought it was funny like to me, that's a way bigger controversy in football than fucking a guy kneeling. I'm like, this affected the <laughs> yeah. game. This is literally the point of the game is to win. And he, it was like, it's straight up cheating. It's just straight up cheating. Uh, so it's funny. So whenever, if, if for this football Sunday, when you see everybody posting about people kneeling and everybody fucking taking everything way too seriously, just think back about the snowplow game. And it's just a fucking game. And. Uh, let's get angry about stuff that happens in the game. Fucking everything outside. Let's just not stop. real issues, but issues within the game. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. That's why we're watching football, right? I don't give a fuck about this other shit. Uh, I know that seem that sounds ignorant, but it, it's really not. I'm I'm with Kaepernick. Just to be clear, and and people that are saying boycott, not to let me just tie it up real quick. People are saying the boycott the NFL. Uh, because of Kaepernick? Well, the joke's on you. The NFL colluded to keep him out of the league. So shouldn't you be happy with the NFL? Shouldn't you be happy with football? Right? Yeah. I mean, oh, okay. But anyways, I digress. Yeah. I'm, I was going to say before we uh, go out to commercial, I'm all about ignorant opinions. Hence my, uh, stand, my standing on statistics and uh, probability. Yeah. I wonder um, how this... Uh, Either Colin Kaepernick is going to go and win the trial, or he's going to go and lose it. There's a 50-50 chance. Yeah. There's also a 50-50 chance we'll be back after this commercial break. Yahoo. Oh, hey, everybody. It's me. Yeah, I'm about to introduce myself. It's the 69 guy. 69 guy. Let me tell you a little bit more. I want to know if you got something with the number 69 in it. Because I'll buy it. No questions asked. Well, there is one question. How much you want? You want $69? <laughs> I'll pay that. Do you got a 1969 Mustang? Chevette? Doesn't really matter as long as it's a 69. How many miles you got on that bad boy, huh? 69,000? <laughs> Let me know. I might want to buy it if the price is reasonable. <laughs> I really like the number 69, so go to www.69guy.com. But remember to spell it all out. 69, cause uh, if you put the number 69guy.com, it'll be something else. It's it's a nice website too, but uh, it's not mine. <laughs> Let me know. I'll buy whatever you got. Thank you. 69guy! This is Eater Allen Poe with food reviews. Today we review Burger Town. I went down to the Burger Town and they pull no punches when they express the nature of what would become of your bowel movements. I haven't been to Burger Town since they stopped serving horse meat, so I felt it was a good time to do another review. 
While each bite cascaded layers of flavor onto my palate, it also meant I was bringing colonic doom ever closer to my sphincter. As I washed down each bite of my double-stack dumper with a concoction of super-saturated sugar water and artificial flavoring, I was left with an ominous sight of four pounds of burger left before me. I must say, Burger Town is an establishment I can only recommend to those possessing an iron gut and a fire retardant butt. Thank you. I hope you enjoy. Eater Allen Poe. Food Reviews. Yahoo! Alright, and we're back from that uh, exciting commercial break. That Those odds were with us, I guess, huh? Yeah, hey, wait, here we are. And call it. Call it. We called it right. <laughs> Fucking no country for old man. Oh, well, let's just roll right into our next segment. Nathan, take the wheel. Hey, fuck you, buddy. Yeah, man. Fuck you. Four wheel frustrations. All right. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I got the wheel. And uh, I'm driving, and uh, I'm I'm at coming up to a stoplight, and I'm making sure to pull all the way up, right, you know, behind the next person to allow people behind me the space to turn into the left hand turn lane. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry, that was a little weird way to approach it. I just kind of went with it. That I, way. Like but, it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. The thing. So I I am. One thing that drives me nuts, and my buddy uh, Sean, which was mentioned in a previous podcast, I have a feeling his name's going to come up in future podcasts, just because you know he's a brilliant man. I know you don't know him, but um, he is. But uh, you can, if you vouch for him, I believe it. <laughs> uh, but he had he brought this up to me before. He like planted the seed. He like to put the inception thought in uh, my brain or whatever it, is, however it is, and um. The more I have to drive and commute and the older I get, it really does bug me a lot. Like when you come up into a intersection or um, when you're anywhere where, you know, it's just like congested traffic or a stop, like people that leave a ridiculous amount of length between them and the next car up, like, like a car length is almost okay. But like some people leave like two or three car lengths. And if you're trying to get into the left-hand turn, you can't fucking get in that lane just because one guy won't pull up. Like, and then I'm missing the whole turn cycle of the left-hand turn. So I don't have to wait for another fucking cycle of lights. That drives me nuts. What about that shit where there's like two uh, left-hand turn lanes? Well, you can't even get into the left two left-hand turn lanes because the person stops you from the point. Like, if everybody pulled up in a... In a in, away like you leave a couple feet sure i'm not saying like get on the person's bumper but you're stopped why you don't need to leave a gap where you worried that you're gonna come up on something too quick at a dead stop like just pull up and it you can't even get to the left turn lane sometimes <laughs> it drives me nuts like it bugs me so much i don't know do you don't share this frustration or i don't know i just like Mo- the the traffic issues are like such mundane like little annoyances that I for me I just forget this stuff like so quickly uh, I think it all stemmed from like when I was a kid 
doing yard work for my dad. I just hated this shit so much that, like, somehow I just block it out of my mind. So, like, by the end of the day, when we're, like, coming back from the dump, from dumping all, like, the cut branches and rake leaves and whatever, I, like, wouldn't even remember anything we did that day. So it's like, I don't know. Probably not the healthiest thing, but... You just blocked out, like, the majority of your life, like, fucking driving and doing mundane tasks, like... You're big, so you're you're you block out you block out these situations in the same way that somebody would like block out being molested by their priest. Like you have the same coping mechanism for for the mundane as as people do with like extreme turmoil and trauma. Yeah, that's how uh, that's how harsh my life is. I don't know whether to envy you or to feel sorry for you. Yeah. <laughs> I think I should just envy you because it does. Yeah. I'm so angry about it. Like I don't, I don't want to be this frustrated with it. But it's like, I, I hope there's got to be people that hear this that will agree with me. There's got to be like I can't. I refuse to believe that people don't recognize this as an issue. Like I refuse to believe that because I, I feel like every single person has been in a situation where they're like, if that fucking guy just pulled up. Like, even just, like, four feet, I could get in. I could get in that turn lane. I wouldn't have to fucking wait. Because, you know, once they go on the regular green, the left-hand turn green is probably going to be red by the time you finally fucking get over there. And then you got to wait because it should just be a, a a yield the whole time. Like, we should have, they should let us have the judgment call of, like, hey, if there's nobody coming and it's green to go straight, I can just fucking turn, right? Like, I can see that nobody's going to hit me. I can go, but no, we don't have that. Do you get mad at the people when you try to do the right hand turns and they don't, and they don't leave a big enough gap for you to like wedge through? Does that bother you? Yeah, it's it's exactly what I'm talking about. Like if if you're blocking somebody just by negligence, or just or if you are doing it on purpose, it's even worse, obviously. But it's like, come on, hey. We're all sharing the road. Fucking get with the program. Like, let's be efficient about it. I'm always, too, I think I'm just, maybe I'm just too, like, empathetic towards these people. Like, the people that leave the gap. I'm like, oh, they've probably been rear-ended before and had to pay insurance to the person they, they smashed in front of them. So they're, like, trying to uh, avoid this to happen again. That's, I had some lady. That's like the best reason I've heard. Sorry, go, continue. But I got. I, I, <laughs> uh, to be honest, I was. I was like, oh shit, I'm having like a, a fucking life changing experience right now. But yeah, go ahead. I'm bringing. I'm bringing you around to my ways. I uh, had some lady rear end me when I was at a stoplight. Yeah, and I'm like looking in my rear because I was at a dead stop. And I'm looking in my rearview mirror and this lady's only going like three miles an hour and bumps into my bumper. And then like, I could see her in the rear view, like freaking out in her car. And I'm just like this fucking idiot. Like she's older. And so it's like, I, I go to turn left hand turn with two left. Man, I'm just burping like crazy from this beer. So let two left hand turn lanes uh to make the story relevant to our conversation and i uh i turn and then she gets once we're turned and going straight she like gets in a different lane for me and tries to like take off instead of like pulling into the parking lot and i like veer in front of her and i'm like pointing behind me for her to like 
park into the parking lot. It's like, no, lady, we got to have a conversation about what you just did. And she gets out. And she's just like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't, I didn't think I hit you or da da da. And I'm just like, in my head, I'm like, I fucking watched you. I fucking watched you the entire time in the rearview mirror. Uh, and you fucking lost your shit in your car. Like, you know exactly what you did. And then, uh, I just, like, looked at... I, she only hit my license plate frame. So I just looked at that. And I'm like, it's fine. Just get out of here. She's like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm just like, it's not worth fucking making a big deal out of this shit. You know it's gonna be a total mess, too, with somebody like that. Like, they're gonna deny the fucking claim. The insurance is gonna have to do, yeah. like, a full-blown investigation. Uh, I had a, a... It wasn't the exact same situation. It was uh, a little different for mine. Like, I um, I got rear-ended, but it was a, a fire truck coming across the intersection. I stopped. the pers- So, it was a green intersection, but everybody stopped because the fire truck's fucking driving across the middle. But the lady behind me didn't see it in time and she rear-ended me a little bit uh but yeah she was like making a she didn't try to hit and run luckily though that that's i like that you fucking made that lady (laughs) you're like no 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 that's not happening you're not leaving right now yeah Uh, i didn't have to do that but it was that situation where it wasn't that much damage and like i could clearly tell this lady is freaking the fuck out and i'm like this is uh this is not worth getting insurance involved and having to go through that whole charade of like, she's clearly going to, she, she's crazy. So it's going to be a problem. Um, I don't want to deal with it. So I, I empathize with that, but now I'm thinking about it more. That's not an excuse for leaving extra space. It's not, you're not, you can leave. I, I, I I'll, you know, leave a few feet. That's fine. Half a car length. If you get hit so hard, that you go more than half a car length than the next person, you're pretty much going to hit them regardless of how much space you, you left. If you would have had to lay, leave like an absurd amount of space, which is just like, then the odds of getting that much force to do it are, yeah, I, no, I, I, my, my mind has not changed. I thought about it a little more. No excuses. Yeah. So I, I that's about it. It pisses me off. You should just be a real bastard and tie like a pocket knife to the end of a pole and just start stabbing people's uh, tires in front of you when they uh, when they don't pull up enough. Well, that's just gonna make the problem worse. <laughs> <laughs> Temporarily, briefly, it will make it better for a brief window of time. I'll feel a little better for a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. I feel a little better now after ranting on it. Uh, I-, I do feel a little more zen. Good. That's what this segment's for, to get out your uh, four-wheel frustration. All right, let's move on to uh, one of my favorite subjects. Uh, let's. We're talking about the finer things in life. Honestly, it's not long enough. Uh, I think we need to tack on another 20 seconds of uh, fancy MIDI music. So far, that's been the best part of my day. It's just hearing that right now. But uh, I hope other, I, I really do hope that anybody listening to this does actually enjoy that as much as we do. Because 
Yeah. I, it'd be a shame if you didn't. It, I think it's funny. Okay, let's stop referring to our own shit and, and saying it's funny and, and talk about the real thing at hand, which is hella fancy. Uh, the thing I wanted to talk about in terms of uh, stuff that <laughs> just boggles my mind is um, the in furniture, like uh, super expensive furniture that's uh, basically style over comfort. Uh, meaning like wacky ass designs, like, or not even necessarily like that wacky, just something that's like stylistically has a fucking name on it. You, you're paying like a three or $400 premium. Uh, and, and not saying that I wouldn't buy like fancy furniture, like having a really nice, super awesome leather couch or whatnot. You know, even, maybe even some diamonds on it. <laughs> I, I think that'd be fine. Uh, <laughs> poop I wouldn't diamonds. Mind some diamonds. Yeah, some poop diamonds on my uh, nice A leather brown couch. leather couch. <laughs> yeah. but, but like whenever you're you're putting like some weird modern art thing into your furniture and you're like sitting on a, a triangle that's like pointing into your butt or something and you paid $600 for that chair, you're like... I, I, I it's that bugs me. I, I was such a waste. So it's so weird. It's like, it's like the root of the problem here is that we blended art with furniture. Oh, and I don't necessarily think that should have happened. I think furniture should have stayed in the realm of being comfortable and not looking that nice. But I mean, I guess you get to a, always get to a point in every industry where it's like, all right, this, we figured this out. It's perfect. Well, now we just got to make it look nice. Like bicycles. Uh, it's like, alright, we can't make bicycles that much better, so now let's just keep making them lighter. I, I would say, though, that the influence of the art into the furniture or making it more fancy, actually, like, you're going backwards from the how good it could be. You're like... You're actually making it less valuable for its intended purpose, like touching more onto the point, like why it 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 shouldn't be about it. <laughs> why are you making a statement with something you want to sit on? Like to fucking just sit on it. Like buy an art piece, get a specific art piece, and there you go. Don't make it your furniture. Isn't that kind of a? Wouldn't that be like you're dipping your toe into too well? You're like. Well, I want to be artsy, but I want to be a little practical at least. So it has to have some a little more utility. I can't justify to my significant other buying this unless I can claim it as a chair. I don't know. I'm kind of grasping. Yeah, the problem the problem is like it's all taste too. So like I can see this like $3,000 like Victorian era like wood chair with this ridiculously high back and I'm like that's stupid. Why would anybody like buy that? Meanwhile, I'm like, I want the gold skull armchair that costs five thousand dollars, or the desk lamp that looks like a that's a gold AK forty seven. Like, I want that in my house. It, it's like both are stupid, but for each person, it's it's like I don't know. Oh, I thought I thought you were saying you actually wanted that stuff. I was like. I thought I knew you, Andrew. I, I, you never mentioned this to me. I thought I would have would have known that about you. Yeah. I want my I want my man den cave to be like Scarface style, but with no cocaine. Like I want to I want to live the Scarface lifestyle minus the drugs. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. 
Everybody will come over and be disappointed. Like, wow, you're rich. This is sick. They're like, where's the blow? And I'm like, I got flour and sugar in the kitchen. Yeah, I got blow pops, too, if you want some of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got a lot yeah. of candy here. <laughs> that, I got that sugar man, and they're still confused. Yeah. Oh, uh, wait, you're the sugar man, right? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I am the sugar man. I got lots of sugar. Look at the look at the the, the nutritional facts on this packet of gummies. Yeah, it's insane. Look how much sugar's in there. <laughs> That's when they finally realize they're like, mm, I don't think this guy does have. have <laughs> yeah, just keep rolling out the puds. And they're like, I'm fucking tired of this. There's no coke here, is there? You're like, yeah, I got coke, and you Coca Cola. God damn it, I'm out. That'd be hard to pull off, like somebody that really did like the gangster lifestyle, but was super against drugs. They're like, I really, I'm all about the gangster lifestyle. Like everything about it is great, except for the drugs. I can't be down with that. The smart ones are the ones that just sell it and don't end up, uh, what is, what's the phrase? You don't get high on your own supply. Yeah. Never get no crack where you rest at. Even they, if they <laughs> want to bounce or even if they want to ounce, tell them bounce. I, uh, I wish I uh, knew the crack commandments a little better. Clearly, I'm not as versed as I'd like to be. I shouldn't be on a podcast. I think I've mentioned it before, but I shouldn't be on a podcast. I I have a lot of trouble talking. I don't, how did this come to be? I uh, I just forced you into it, pretty much. You needed somebody to to edit it. <laughs> yeah, see where peer pressure can get you, kids. We'll uh, take you places. We're, what we're, we were talking I, about fancy furniture at some point. Yes, um, yes. We got off on the tangent of like gold and ridiculous uh, furniture because that seems to be what drug dealers waste more money on absur- absurd items such as nice furniture and art pieces. Oh, thank you for connecting our, our ramblings. Um, I When actually on this, though, I, I just popped in my head the Game of Thrones chair. It cool? Not cool? Uh, Do you like it? Uh, it looks cool. I don't know that I'd ever want to like sit in it for more than like a photo. I mean, it is it is made of swords. Would you ever entertain the idea of having it at your house? No, it's a little too much. No, I wouldn't want it. Yeah. What about you? See, this is where I almost shit on my own point. Where I'd be like, that'd be pretty cool to have in my house. And I know I just spent like a few minutes talking shit about how dumb it would be to have something like that in my house. But like you said, it's very subjective. Yeah. Makes it difficult. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but I still feel like, I, regardless of that, I still feel like a chair that's like a triangle. I've seen something like this. It's like a triangle pointing up the wrong way advertises a chair. that It's almost inexcusable. So, like, abstract art turned into furniture is just a stupid idea. Like, always, 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 uh, like, function over form when it comes to furniture. It's got to be weighed always more on the function for the furniture. But what would be your acceptable ratio percentage-wise? Like, 60% function? I mean, like, as long as it matches the color of, like, palette of your space that's all that's all that really matters yeah but what would be like the most 
in the in terms of ratio are you gonna go 50 50 on it uh no nah. <laughs> you'll flip a coin hey, uh, no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> do you really want to bring percentages into uh, this well, i mean like what would like let's say what would be your offset like how much of the function would you be willing to sacrifice for the form 80 percent function 20 percent form okay yeah i feel like i would uh i would i would if it was the game of thrones show i feel like that's closer to like a 60 40 that might be my threshold because it is a functioning chair at least you know it's a it's a chair it works yeah fair enough uh, be- before we get into our uh, Fabergé egg update, uh, we've been off air. We've having been having a lot of discussions about the movie Wild Wild West with Will Smith, and we couldn't remember who his co-star was. Uh, so th- the reason I bring this up is that the guy's name is Kevin Klein, which to me is like. I was making these jokes before, but it just sounds like a knockoff version of Calvin Klein or like uh, Calvin Klein's less successful, like uh, older brother that's just bitter. Oh, you mean Kev? But, uh, the point. Little Kev? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah he's <laughs> doing okay. Jeff. He was in Wild Wild West. Yeah. What else? I don't know. That was about it. And that. Yeah. So we don't know what happened to this guy. So to motivate us to find out, the, uh, the next edition of who what where when and howie mandel why? who what be... where when why and howie mandel Sorry. we sh- we should have just played the, <laughs> the the stinger man i made a mistake yeah but yeah who, what that where, will be our when, next why and howie mandel <laughs> awesome awesome that so our next edition uh for episode 10 the big one oh will be on Kevin Klein. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that we were going to. But uh, Kevin Klein is like the headliner of episode 10. We're really reaching for the stars here. Really fucking, we're making it a, a grand event hitting double digits. We got fucking Kevin Klein, Kevin Klein in the mix. I love that guy. I love him. I think we should maintain actors that haven't been relevant uh, for a long time. Except John Travolta. We broke it with John Travolta. I mean, he's still arguably within those parameters. He hasn't been relevant for a while. So. <laughs> His relevancy is arguable. I mean, Gotti was an important movie. I take it back. Gotti was important, and it needed to be done. Yeah. I liked him in From Paris with Love, but at the same time, I think you could have put anybody in his role, and it wouldn't have changed the movie. Yeah, that's a... a ringing endorsement of john travolta's ability yeah. <laughs> yeah. anybody john travolta anybody could have played this role except for Gotti. Gotti. all right well uh let's let's just get into it then what's up everybody I know we've just been talking for like 50 minutes already, but what's up? It's Fabergé egg update. And uh, I may be sounding a little happier than normal because I've got great news for the Fabergé egg update. Now, people... New information? New, maybe, it, uh, <laughs> it's like... A, I, I, let me just... I'm so excited. I can barely talk. Uh, 
I, I'm introducing the Fabergé egg power ranking system. What is that? You know what? P power rankings. Okay. Well, let me explain. These aren't like, uh, contrary to what you might think, they're not like eggs that I think are most likely to be found. It's actually, what are the best fucking Fabergé eggs? Fucking, let's just go for it. Which ones are the best? And, and I, uh, so I put some time into the top 10. Before we get into that, though, um, I do just want to give our, per our normal update, uh, none of uh, the lost Fabergé eggs have been found uh, since we last spoke. Um, uh, uh, and again, as a recap for anybody's first time listening to this, uh, I'm talking about the Imperial uh, Fabergé eggs, um, of which there were 50 made to our knowledge uh, and only 43 are still known to exist um, with the last one being found in 2014 which was the third imperial easter egg ever made and that was found here in America out of flea market so I do believe firmly another one will be found possibly by me um, and uh, yeah uh, I'd, I'd, nothing would thrill me more than to do a Fabergé egg update where I was the person that found it um, but regardless of who finds the next one, I'll, I'll let you know. I guarantee you that. All right. What's number one? Are we starting with five? No, 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 no. We're starting at 10. Um, oh shit. Yeah. Why would it, you know, even know how power rankings work? Good thing you're here. Uh, power rankings. You choose to read them however you want. Uh, it, anyways, I, I don't really have a point with that. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to try to shit on you at every moment possibility yeah i mean my goal here is to derail you so uh i'm doing a pretty good job so yeah, far <laughs> up job. okay so let's get right. let, we better start because this might take a while um so coming in at number 10 and let me just preface all of this with saying the top three are pretty solid in the fact that most of the Fabergé eggs have been found and we have a pretty clear idea. They're probably not going to change much in the top five region. If a new one's found, they'll be exciting and we'll evaluate it uh, on this power ranking system. But until then, I would just... The, the bottom five of the top 10, the five through 10, that's a little more subject to change. It depends on how I feel and how I develop as a person and how I view the eggs. Um, so just to let you know, it, it can change. It, it could potentially change. So definitely keep listening to updates. So this, this up, these rankings are subjective to your opinion and mood, basically. Uh, no, only the bottom part where it gets a little like blurry with, they're a very similar in some of these for the lower ranks. Whereas in the top five, as I alluded to earlier, those are like objectively couldn't be changed. Like I, I, I firmly believe that this is the top five for all of time, unless we find a new one. But I'm saying the five to ten, I, I feel like I can still do a better job of evaluating those eggs. So maybe it was, in I mentioned the mood in, in changing as a person because I'm you're always growing and your opinions on things do change. And this is. Mm -hmm. Power ranking is an opinion. I can't claim objective truth behind this. I'm trying my best to get to that point. But, you know, I'm saying that I, I, I got to simmer a little bit more on all of the rest of the eggs. 
uh, that are not as distinguished as the top five. Of course. Top five? Yeah, so we're starting at 10. <laughs> so the standard yacht egg comes in at number 10. And this one's a, it's a see-through Fabergé egg, which by itself, that's not super impressive. But the surprise inside of the egg is really what makes this hit the top 10. This is the reason why it's actually in the top 10. Um, it's a golden replica of Alexander III's yacht which at the time it was built was the largest yacht in the world. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Damn. Uh, so the fact that that's what the surprise is, a little golden replica of the yacht inside of the egg, that by itself gets this one in the top 10. Outside of that, not super exciting Fabergé egg, but uh, the surprise is, is what gets it uh, in the top 10. Do you know how big the, huh? do you know how big the yacht was? The actual yacht? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it it was like uh, fifty five hundred tons, I believe. Uh, I don't know in terms of like square footage or anything like that. Uh, that's the best info I can get you out of nowhere. Thanks for for derailing me yet again. Length compared to weight might have been a more relevant uh measurement to to remember, but okay, let's go with the weight of the yacht. So why does it even fucking matter? It doesn't matter. All right, number nine is the Kachina Palace Egg. It's not, again, this is another one where it's not as exter externally appealing as some of the other Fabergé eggs we'll discuss. Uh, but this one ranks in at nine due, again, to the quality of the egg surprise, which in this case is a golden replica of the Kachina Palace. I, I don't know anything. Let me just tell you right up front. I don't know anything about that place personally, historically. I don't know. So don't fucking ask, but it looks hella cool when it's uh when you open up the egg and you see it inside. It's all golden replica of the city. It's pretty dope. So that comes in at rank nine. This one's on display at the Walters Art Museum in uh, Baltimore. So this one's actually in America. You can go see it in America. Where's Cochina? It's in Russia. Oh, it sounds like it's Spanish. And at rank eight, the bouquet of Lily's clock egg. So this one comes in at eight. Um, it's the way I like to describe this egg is if I had to pick out one of the Fabergé eggs I would give as like a romantic gift, this would be the one. Uh, this one has an onyx craft bouquet of with diamonds and splashes of gold on it. I mean, <laughs> I'll continue just because it's so elaborate, but it would be a great gift for. I mean, you would be getting laid for sure. You give this egg to somebody. Um, it has a windable clock on it, which this is actually really cool. So we're getting into a lot of the cooler eggs now. The the clock actually, the spin dial like rotates around the egg, and then it has a stationary um, arrow hand that's made that is made of diamond, of course, uh, that points up. So it's pointing to the time that rotates around the clock uh, to keep the time. So it's a it's a pretty cool and unique uh, clock design. Um, it just has diamonds running down the leg as well. The base also looks like a jewelry box and it's extended with diamonds. Um, in terms of the surprise though, uh, I, I have, I was unable to find a picture of it, but the description of it was a Ruby pendant with rose cut diamonds. So it's just more of the same kind of theme. It'd be a great gift for, for a lady there. Do you know how much it's worth? I do not. 
So rank seven is the steel <laughs> military aid. This now this one, this one's really cool. This Fabergé egg was ahead of its time, I think, in, in the style uh, that it was made in. And it's like one of the only examples that I can personally think of in my limited art knowledge, uh, but of like a really powerful example of art where military strength is displayed. Um, this egg uh, is, is supported on a base of four artillery shells, and it has like a really cool, clean... Uh, kind of like a, a mirrored steel exterior. Um, the surprise is is not super cool though. It's just a framed picture inside. It's like okay, for the egg is so cool. Surprise is kind of lame. So that's why this one ranks at seven. Otherwise, if I had a better surprise, I would maybe in the top five. But uh, sadly, the, who's the picture of? It's just like a Russian dignitary. Uh, some. Uh, Some guy. Oh, actually, uh, my apologies. Uh, it's actually like a, a um uh a picture of like an actual um scene. Like the, it's like a little scene from the the battle, uh, where they're actually during the Great War, as it were. I don't know a lot about Russian history. I care more about the Fabergé eggs, but um, it's this a, a portrait of a landscape. No. It literally has nothing to do with what I was just explaining. Anyways, at rank six, Alexander the Third Equestrian Egg. Um, the name of this egg alone is enough to make it rank six. That's a sick name, right? Alexander the Third <laughs> Equestrian Egg. Uh, jokes aside, it, it doesn't hurt that this egg is a dope, dope-ass see-through quartz mineral egg. So you can see the surprise inside. Where like the other see-through eggs, not super impressive, but this one, now this this one's a rank six type of see-through egg. The surprise inside, I mean, let's just—it's not really a surprise on a see-through egg, but this is just how you refer to it with the Fabergé eggs. Um, but nonetheless, it is a golden statue of Alexander the Third on a horse. That's. Pretty awesome. It's a pretty great display of like power and wealth, just uh, encapsulated in Fabergé egg format. All right, so we're getting to the heavy hitters, and I'll. Uh, I know this. Is, bear with me. This is actually where it gets really good. So at rank five, we have the Trans Siberian Railway egg. Now this, this is a great example of. Basically, an egg that hits on just about every aspect of what makes a Fabergé egg great to bring it into the top five. But the one thing that keeps it from going any higher is that the exterior of the egg is just, just not not as great as the, the next ones. So that's why I keep it at five. Can't rank any higher. Um, and, and that's really due to the idea that they had, which is to put a map of the Trans-Siberian route around the egg, which is a bold choice. I I like hearing it in concept, but it was poorly executed. It doesn't look very good. Um, but because it's such an innovative idea and everything else about the egg is so awesome, like uh, the golden three-headed eagle topper, the three golden griffin that are uh, on the base supporting the egg, and the golden five-car train replica that can be wound up to run, that's badass. And that's why it's a top five Fabergé egg. <laughs> 
at rank four, we have the Moscow Kremlin egg. And uh, this one's at four. This is a uniquely large egg. It has a huge base. And uh, it's, it, it, it's cool. You just got to look these up, too, when you hear them. You'll, you'll see what I mean. You'll agree with me. Um, this is, it's basically like the Fabergé egg sitting on top of a cathedral. And it's a, an extremely detailed replica church interior that bring this egg into the power rankings at rank four. Um, the reason that it doesn't rank any higher, and again, I'll be critical with these just because I have to explain why, you know, it's not a, any higher, uh, the color scheme and lack of a truly defining it factor on this one, like something that really sets it apart, keep it out of the top three, uh, which all the top three do definitely have an it factor. So as a cool music surprise, extremely detailed replica of the church and it, it's huge and it's a, it's a cool idea. So that's a top four, uh, ranked, uh, Fabergé egg there. Yeah. Sorry. I was steamrolling because you've been purposely trying to, uh, derail me. So I, I'm trying to get through this. I don't want it to be like a 20 minute segment, but yeah. Do you have any, com any real comments caught on to my tactics here? Uh, but no, I don't. We're so close to the end. You agree with everything, right? Yes, we're so close <laughs> to the end. Just uh, let's keep it going. Yeah. All right. This is totally worth the time invested in it. Trust me. When people are like, hey, can you hang out? No, I'm busy. Like, what are you doing? Um, uh, I'm masturbating the internet porn. I don't want to tell them that I'm fucking writing Fabergé egg power rankings. That's why I don't want to hang out with you, you know? Uh. So, all right. Anyway, the suspense is killing me. And we're in the top three now. Now these, these again, like, God damn, I want one. I wish I got one of these eggs so bad. But anyways, rank three, ro the Royal Danish egg. This is a very cool egg, and it ranks in the top three. Do we know that one? The Royal Danish egg. Yeah, this has been. It's one that I, yes. I really want to. I would. This is. Uh, that's why I started getting excited because this is one of the lost eggs, and it would be so cool to find it. Anyways, and it, it's uh, that's why um, it's it's cool to have it in the top three. And I'm not. It's not in the top three because it's lost. Don't fucking get it twisted. I, this is a very serious ranking system. Um, but basically, it's in the top three because this is like the most extremely impressive ornamental base of all of the eggs. Like, it's got three lions holding it up. Who are in turn standing on another base like they doubled up on the bases on this egg it's uh the other thing that really sets it off too like uh some of the eggs have cool toppers this one has one of the one of the coolest ever it's got an order of the elephant topper which is basically an elephant uh hard to get guessed. much cooler than that what nothing continue okay uh and, and this is this is basically the best example of a Fabergé egg that uh, shows that it's just great to be hella fancy just for the sake of it. Just be fancy. And sometimes it works. And this is one of those cases in spades. Um, it doesn't rank any higher, though. Uh, and it, it can't be higher in top three just because the surprise is, is just a picture. Uh, again, I don't like the picture surprises. Not super interesting. Um, but the picture's frame matches the style of the egg itself and um, has a fancy base and a border. Uh, so 
it's not the worst picture surprise, but um, everything about the, else about the egg is is really awesome. Uh, number two, the lilies of the valley egg. This egg is one of the most uniquely beautiful Imperial Fabergé eggs. Just everything else about it is great, but just the it its uniqueness itself is why I have it at at number two. Um, it, it, I almost say you just have to see it. Uh, it, it's obviously a product of its name when you do see it, Lilies of the Valley, uh, which is also an excellent name. So it gets gets some points for that. Um, but it, it's basically, it's like an egg that's blooming out of a stem. And um, I, I, it's harder to, de- it's really harder to describe this egg. It, it, basically, it's, it's really unique and it's, of course, extra fancy. Uh, but it, it's done as if it were a, a plant. So it's, it's very cool. Um, the surprise itself is three pictures displayed by a, a twisting pearl button. So you, this one's not as bad of a picture surprise because it, you press a little button and they pop up out the top and it's like a little three frame picture. Uh, the pictures themselves are pretty lame, but the mechanism for which they come out is pretty cool. Do they all have surprises inside? They all were intended with surprises. There, There's somewhere the surprises were lost uh, and... Uh, there's very few where it wasn't documented what the surprises were, but they all all did have one. Um, all right, so right, rank one, and this one's a no-brainer. I mean, you know what it is, right? Of course. Uh, of course. It's the cockerel egg. I can't think of any reason that this wouldn't be rank one. The surprise is literally a chicken made of golden feathers. It's Damn. literally a golden chicken. A magnificent gold uh, cock. <laughs> uh, but but in all seriousness, it, it's super badass. So so the way it, the surprise works is you press a little button, and it, it's like it's a fucking it's like a cuckoo clock. It's uh it, you press a button, it does its thing, and it the thing that it does is it sings and flaps its wings while ascending on a golden platform. Only to descend back into the depths of the egg once it completes its performance. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's uh. It was the first of four Fabergé eggs um, to have a singing bird and one of two Imperial Fabergé eggs. So it's very unique in that regard as well. And it's clearly the best. Clearly. Um. The exterior of the egg itself is a beautiful royal purple and gold color scheme. Uh, and it has, you know, the huge fucking clock on the front. It's got to it's a cuckoo clock egg. Basically it's got to have the, the clock. Um, but all around the coolest surprise, uh, I love the purple. It's, I think it's the best exterior color used on any of the Fabergé eggs and, uh, it's a well-deserved rank one. So yeah, top 10. Good job. That was, uh, may, it may have been a little longer than I thought it was going to be there. Sorry, everybody. I mean, you're welcome, everybody. Yeah, exactly. You're all smarter now. But honestly, I've uh, ever since I started doing the Fabergé egg update, I didn't think I'd actually uh, learn so much about the eggs. I- I've always been fascinated about them, but now I truly do feel like a qualified expert of Fabergé eggs. Yeah, I was going to say, you should see if there's like a sommelier status for Fabergé eggs. I got I gotta fucking make some use out of all the time I spent doing the fucking Fabergé Fabergé egg update research. On the plus side, we can now be considered the number one uh, podcast on Fabergé eggs, so we got that going for us. 
Which is nice. With this, with this update alone, right? Yeah. Before it wasn't, yeah. but now it is. No. Now we've met the criteria. I honestly do hope that that was somewhat entertaining. It was. I, know, I realize it may have been uh, somewhat self-indulgent, but, uh, but I th- it's interesting. I think some people will enjoy that. I'll, I'll, I'll find a way to post this online somewhere, too, so you can have it. People can go back and refer when they need to tell their friends about um, the power rankings for the Fabergé eggs. They'll have a convenient way to check it out. You'll just chop this up into its own clip so it's, people don't have to listen to our other bullshit and they can get straight to the good part, which is the Fabergé egg updates. I mean, that's all anybody listens for, right? Clearly. That's why, uh, that's why I spend so much time on it. Uh, I know it's, uh, it's the most popular segment. So somehow we've managed to... Um, Big surprise with the long power ranking. Some, uh, we've had now the longest podcast again. I think we're going to start trying to dial it back to not going over an hour in the future. So just letting everybody know. We'll, we'll, cut, out, we'll cut out all the bullshit segments and just start talking about more and more Fabergé eggs. What we're really getting at. I'm going to get through all the uh, top. I'm going to do a top 40 next episode. Yeah. What we're really working towards is phasing out the bullshit so we can focus solely on Fabergé eggs. That's been my... Oh, I, I was pretty upfront with you when we started this podcast that like this was my main goal was to do Fabergé egg update. Yeah, if you didn't realize it, in, if you Fabergé egg in Russian is actually called hella rad. So. It's all connected. On that note, uh, Nathan, you want to uh, play us out here, keyboard cat? Yeah, well, uh, again, um, congratulations to me for knocking it out of the park with the Fabergé egg update. Uh, if you want to know more about Fabergé eggs, hit us up on Twitter at It's Hella Red. Um, no other questions, just Fabergé eggs. No, no questions. You don't need... Uh, I actually, you know, feel free to ask questions. I, what are you talking about? No questions. No. No criticisms, though. Yeah, ask me all the questions you want about Fabergé eggs. Don't ask me questions about the surpri- what the surprise replica is about. Don't do what Andrew did. Anyways, follow. do follow us on YouTube. Um, search for us, Hello Rad. Uh, should be pretty easy to find, hopefully. It's not too bad. On SoundCloud, we're at um, It's Hello Rad. Uh, Facebook, Hello Rad. Check it out. Give us a like. If you can, go on Apple Podcasts and like us or subscribe. I, to my knowledge, that's the most effective way to get this out to people. So that'd be much appreciated. Outside of that, thank you so much for listening to us rambling on and on. And uh, hope you enjoyed it. All right. Have a good one. Yaboo. If you got a big but now get in the badoo. Oh yeah, no, I, oh yeah, uh, it, it just.